Today, we're continuing our new mailbag segment with some more real-life scenarios to talk through. We're going to talk about how to get credentialed when you're not planning on working for several more months. The best options for malpractice coverage when you're just launching a new partnership practice straight out of residency. And how to cover ancillary staff within your practice. Stay tuned. All right, let's jump in. We're going to start with question number one today, which says, I am a dermatologist working for a large group, but planning on leaving to start my own practice later this year. I need to show proof of insurance for credentialing with payers, but I don't necessarily want to start paying for malpractice coverage sooner than I need to. Is there anything I can do in this situation? Okay, so this is actually a fairly common question that we get for people who are just starting their own private practice. Because again, you've got to show proof of malpractice insurance usually several months before you're even going to start seeing your first patient. And nobody wants to pay for insurance sooner than they actually need to. So what is the option in this particular situation? Well, the answer is you can get pre-approved for malpractice insurance and you can get a temporary certificate of insurance to show that you have coverage. The way that we do this is essentially you'll still have to go ahead and get your quotes like we normally would on a regular submission, choose the carrier that you're interested in, and then fill out the application with that particular carrier. We will choose an effective date as close to your start date as possible, but obviously getting closer to that date, then we'll just move it to your actual start date once you know you're ready to start seeing patients. But what that allows us to do is to get an approval from the carrier and usually they'll go ahead and give us your policy number too. But that way I can issue a certificate of insurance and you can have that one page document that you'll need to show that you've got coverage in place so that you can get set up with all of your payers and get credentialed at the facilities that you're going to be working with. So that's usually what I recommend when you're still several months away. Now, I will tell you in general, malpractice carriers cannot actually approve an application until 90 days um, from your actual start date. So sometimes we have to kind of fudge with that date a little bit and push it out as far as we can. And then again, as we get closer, then we'll just modify it um, to your actual start date. But the nice thing is you don't have to start paying your premiums until your policy policy actually starts um, working. So again, you get that proof of insurance that you need, but you're not going to have to pay for it until your start date actually arrives. So that's what I would recommend in that situation. Okay, question number two in the mailbag today says, my friend and I are finishing our residency in rheumatology and we will be opening our own private practice very soon. We will have one medical assistant and one registered nurse working with us, but we would like to keep our costs reasonable for malpractice insurance. What are our options? Okay, so two guys finishing up residency and they're getting ready to start their own practice. So that's really exciting. So a couple of things to know when you're just finishing up your residency. First of all, you're in luck because almost every single malpractice carrier is going to give you a significant break on your premium your first few years in practice. In fact, most carriers will give you 50 to 75% off your rate for your very first year out. 
After that, the credit will actually start dipping down a little bit. So it's like, you know, 75% off your first year, and then it might go down to like 40% off your second year, and then 30% off your third year. Each carrier has a slightly different credit structure, but the nice thing is that does keep your premium much, much lower as you're getting ready to start practice. As that credit starts to go down, then you'll start earning other premium discounts accordingly. So if you haven't had any claims, you'll start getting claim-free discounts. You can obviously take risk management courses and earn a discount for that as well. So again, it's a nice way to ease into it and save a little bit of money. And um, as we get quotes for you on all of those different options, generally every carrier offers some significant break for guys that are just finishing their training, whether it's residency or fellowship. So that's option number one in terms of pricing and credits. The other thing that you'll need to consider then is which type of policy do you want? Occurrence coverage or claims made? Now we always quote both when we're giving people options, but again, the nice thing is for a resident or fellow, you're gonna get that significant premium break your first year. So when you're comparing those coverage options, you've probably heard in previous episodes, occurrence policies cost a little bit more, but claims made starts low and then increases every year for five years. So look very closely at those numbers because you might be able to afford an occurrence policy because you get a significant break on those first few years in practice to where that might be a better option for you long term. Or you can go with the claims made and your premium will just be really affordable for your first few years out, which is kind of nice. So look at both of those options and again, be aware of the credits that you'll be eligible for as a new provider. The third thing, um, they mentioned that they have a medical assistant and a registered nurse working with them. So you'll want to get coverage for them as well. So how do you do that? Well, the nice thing is medical assistants and registered nurses can generally be covered under a doctor's malpractice policy for no charge. Simply just means that if something happens and a patient sues them in addition to you, your policy will cover them as well. But in this instance, if we've got two doctors, they probably have a business entity. So, you know, XYZ Rheumatology Associates, you're going to want to get a policy for that business entity as well. And there's two different ways you can do that. You can either buy an entity policy. So get a policy for each doctor and then get a policy for the entity. The nice thing about doing it this way is that the entity has its own insurance and that policy would cover your medical assistant and your RN but obviously you have to pay a premium for a third policy. So it gives you more coverage because it's a separate policy, but it does cost you a little bit more than the second option, which is to have the entity simply endorsed onto your coverage. So for solo providers and for partnership practices, most malpractice carriers will allow you to share your policy with your business. And all that means is that your business entity gets endorsed onto your policy and you're sharing your insurance with your practice as well. Now, again, that only works for solo doctors and partnership practices, but anything more than two doctors, you're going to have to get that separate entity policy in place. So again, go ahead and get a price for a separate policy versus a shared limit policy, and then you can find the option that's the most cost effective and the right one for you. Okay, moving on to our third question for today. It says, I run an integrative medicine practice and we are hiring two nurse practitioners. We only have doctors on staff currently, so I'm not sure the best way to cover them. 
Okay, so this question is actually similar to the one we just talked about, and that is coverage for um, ancillary staff. Now, nurse practitioners are different than medical assistants and RNs because nurse practitioners cannot be covered underneath a doctor's malpractice policy. They have to be covered either individually, meaning that you have to get them their own policy, or they have to be covered underneath a business entity. So in this particular example, what I would probably do is give them options for both. I'd give them a quote for a business entity policy, which would cover the nurse practitioners underneath it. And I would probably also give them a quote for separate nurse practitioner coverage on their own. Now, there's obviously benefits of doing both options. If you get each nurse practitioner their own policy, the nice thing is, you know, they've got one policy for one person and one policy for the other person. So you definitely have more coverage. Um, But if you want to do the shared limits option, you can get a business entity policy and the nurse practitioners can be covered underneath that for no additional charge. The downside is that they are sharing coverage. So if you have an entity policy with 1 million, 3 million limits, and you've got two nurse practitioners working for you, and they are covered underneath that entity policy, it's 1 million, 3 million worth of coverage to cover the practice and both nurse practitioners. So again, get quotes for both, but then you need to really balance the risks to figure out what's going to be the right fit for you, depending on your individual risk tolerance and how much you want to pay. Okay, that is it for the mailbag for this week. I wanted to let you know that we now have a live link on our website where you can can submit your questions to the mailbag. If you have anything you would like me to answer here on the show, go ahead and click that link on our website and submit your questions and we will read them here on the air. Um, We're going to try to do mailbags about once a month. So hopefully um, you'll be hearing your question very soon once you submit that online. If you have any questions on these topics or you want to make sure that you're covered appropriately, click the link in the description box below where you can connect with us via phone, email, or chat today. And if you'd like to connect with us directly, go to aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S malpractice.com. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.